Hello, and welcome to the Care to Change podcast. We're grateful you've joined us for this first episode of our new series. Today, you'll be hearing a conversation between our director, April Bordeaux, and one of our Care to Change therapists, Jared Jones, as they discuss seven steps to achieving optimal mental health. We thank you for listening and hope that this episode will provide you with practical solutions for positive change. Welcome back, everyone. It is May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month. It's a big month for us here at Care to Change. And what better way to kick off this month than to walk through seven steps to achieving optimal mental health. And so we are here today. I have Jared with me, one of our therapists here at Care to Change. Jared, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for bringing me in. Thought we could have a little bit of a discussion on the seven steps to achieving mental health. I'm, I'm going to just dive right into this, reminding everyone that if you have questions, you can uh, send those texts by text to us at our care line, 317-979-7133, and that number will be in the show notes as well. Um, step number one uh, in achieving optimal mental health Uh, We have listed here as recognizing your own response um, so that you understand signs of distress in yourself and those around you. Uh, This can be nervousness, anxiety, um, fear, um, something that every single one of us experience at some point in our life. Uh, And there's nothing wrong to uh, experiencing those emotions, feelings, what we often say around here, feelings are not wrong. Uh, They are indicator lights, Uh, just like you have a dashboard in your car that the fuel light comes on when the fuel level is low. Uh, Emotions are indicators of what's happening internally. And so the first step to achieving optimal mental health is really watching for uh, signs of distress and understanding what your emotions are. Um, And that's something that a lot of times we don't uh, spend a lot of time thinking about what am I feeling right now, we end up just reacting to whatever is happening uh, throughout our day instead of pausing and saying, how do I feel about this before responding? Um, Jared, will you sort of go through um, if someone is having some symptoms uh, that um, would indicate that there are signs of distress. Can you go over some of those symptoms with us? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of common symptoms that you can see, and these things may not necessarily mean that someone's going through a mental health struggle, but they're good flags to look at and be like, okay, maybe we should begin looking at this. So um, someone taking off more time than work than usual. So they're spending a lot more time, you know, using their PTO or, you Mm -hmm. know, taking hours off. Um, Greater use of like any substances or drugs, alcohol, tobacco, anything along those lines. Maybe even um, other things like sugar intake may increase. So eating a lot more sweets, eating a lot more food or an extreme loss and eating habits. Um, exercise can be another one. So someone who's taking extra time to go out of their way to exercise, going to the gym a lot more, or suddenly stops their exercise routine mm-hmm. without any good, clear reason for it. Um, increased irritability. So people who are more reactive to small things, like little things that normally don't set someone off, begin to set someone off a little bit more. Um, any ch- 
changes in sleeping patterns, especially if someone is getting less sleep or is struggling to fall asleep or stay asleep more. Or it could even look like someone who stays asleep a lot more. Like, um, you know, when they don't have to get up to go to work or they don't have to get up to do anything in the day, they just prefer to stay in bed the whole day. And then uh, just another big symptom is uh, deteriorating uh, relationships with people, either that be like with family members, with friends, with coworkers, like they're not investing in their relationships. They're not being a part of their social circle anymore. They're kind of withdrawing from their relationships. Those are a lot of the big um, common symptoms that someone's going through a mental health struggle. Yeah, those are, those are good. Um, so step number one, recognizing what your emotion is and watching for signs of distress in yourself or in those around you, those who you love. So first step in achieving would really be to, to understand first that your emotions are indicator lights and that there are signs that you can look for um, just in case um, that are indicator lights as well that will tell you um, if additional steps need to be taken uh, and, and not to hide or diminish it, um, just to address these emotions as they come. The second uh, step in achieving optimal mental health is to focus really on what you can control and encourage other people to do the same. Now, over the past year, 18 months or so, um, our world has really changed and people have felt stressed like never before. And um, a lot of that we can't control. There's a lot in this life that we cannot control. And so what we tell people to achieve optimal mental health, it's important to not just think about what you think about, but to focus on what you can control. Um, When we look at all of the things that we can't control, it's really easy to get overwhelmed. Um, But there are things that that you can control. Um, Jared, do you want to kind of share uh, some of those things that you can control? Yeah. So this is actually a great activity for, um, I I share this with a lot of clients of kind of making a list of what you can control, what you can't control and focus on the things that you can control. So like what you can control is like your attitude, how you determine to react to other people. Like when someone says something that is distressing to you or someone does something that's wrong to you, Mm -hmm. you can control your reaction in that. You can also control your attitude. Like you may have days where you're feeling a little more off, maybe more Mm -hmm. down than normal, more irritable than normal, maybe a little more pessimistic, but you can still have a choice as to how you're going to gear your attitude for that day. Your self-care routine is also something you can control. So yeah, maybe there is a lot more stress happening at work or at Mm -hmm. home or, you know, the environment has changed for you, but you can adjust your schedule and find time to do some of those self-care activities like Mm -hmm. exercise, like hobbies, spending time with friends, whatever. what you allow to influence you is another thing that you can control so if you're spending a lot of time like scrolling through social media or watching news networks where it's just very like pessimistic it's very negative Mm -hmm. and it's just weighing on your mental health then control that control what you're taking into your body and focus on the things that are helpful and life-giving to you versus all this negative right right and then uh, other things like how you cope with stress so you can control like where you decide to let your stress have an outlet for instead Mm -hmm. of you know coming home and taking it out on pets or taking it out on others, Mm -hmm. you can say, you know, kind of back to that self-care tip, 
Um, I'm going to go exercise and let it out here. I'm going to compartmentalize mm -hmm. that, not to hold it in forever, not to push it down right, forever, right. but to just hold it until you have an appropriate outlet for it. Another thing that's really good that a lot of people tend to neglect is you can control the grace that you show yourself, the forgiveness mm -hmm. you give yourself for some of the hard things, that maybe bad decisions that you made, mistakes that you right. made through the day, or you know, having to cut corners on things just to try and survive through bad circumstances. So offer yourself that grace. Recognize that yeah, this is a hard time that I'm going through. This is really difficult and I'm doing the best mm -hmm. that I can. Those are some pretty yes. good things you can control. I love that, um, that you mentioned the grace that you give to yourself. A lot of times we want to barrel through the hard times, you know, put our head down and work harder through the hard times instead of just pausing and saying, gosh, this is rough and offering yourself grace that you needed more sleep or offer yourself grace that it took you a little bit more time to get something done, just really um, being a little softer on yourself um, because of whatever it is that you're experiencing. So um, yes, very good. Um, so one, recognize your emotion, watch for signs. Two, focus really on what you can control, encourage other people to do the same. The third step is an important step because what we put into our mind will have an impact in our mood. And so the third step is to eliminate toxic influences um, that we commonly put into our mind. And sometimes we don't realize things are toxic until we get out of them. And it's important to uh, know, um, you know, we say, think about what you think about. Is it good and healthy and true and honest and inspiring? Those are the things you want to focus your mind on. Uh, Jared, talk a little bit about what are common toxic influences that people should sort of be aware of as potential um, that could be harmful for their mental health. Yeah. So anything that really is like life stealing for you is the most toxic. So if, um, you know, you are on social media pages or watching certain shows or anything that's very negative, that's very focused on the bad, you know, the very blameful, very just creating a negative atmosphere for you, that's something that can be really toxic for you. Um, and just as much as, um, you know, different relationships, yes. especially like, you know, in this time where everyone's needs are being increased, mm -hmm. um, we're going to have people in our life who there's going to be a shift in relationships where people will have other needs, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I know a lot of people who they've had really good relationships that felt like, you know, both people were putting into the friendship, both people mm -hmm. were building it up, that one person suddenly withdraws and we feel like we have to put in so much more mm -hmm. effort for this friendship or this relationship right. to continue. And that can be toxic as well. Not saying that you should give up on the friendship, but if it feels like you're putting in so much more mm -hmm. effort to into this relationship than um, the other person is, then you need to learn to let some of that go. And at least for the time being, to, in order to protect yourself, not mm -hmm. making yourself have to like put in all the effort to keep in touch with this person, but maybe just allow yourself to have that space to say, okay, I'm going to not reach out to them as much, or I'm not going to put in as much mm -hmm. effort or, you know, only as much effort as it takes to kind of stay connected every now and then mm -hmm. until both of us get through this hard time mm -hmm. and we can kind of be back in a chapter of life where we can build each other up again. Right, right. So really giving yourself permission to walk away from news or social media accounts that um, bring you down or um, bring stress or relationships that 
um, at that point maybe need to be what we call the dose relationships. You know, you get them in smaller doses. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, So that's, those are good. The fourth step in achieving um, optimum mental health is to create healthy routines, to promote healthy routines for those around you as well. And this is um, what normally people will think about when they're thinking about mental health and healthy routines. Some of this has to do with work-life balance, um, having a hard stop time that you end work if you need to, making sleep a priority. This is the real integration. Um, We know that we are mind, body, and spirit. And so to achieve optimal mental health, we have to support our mind, our bodies, and our spirits. And so Jared, talk about some healthy routines Um, This is probably the most common um, element that people talk about, but what are some healthy routines people can put into place uh, to achieve optimal mental health? Yeah. So just to give this a little bit of context, you know, for each of these areas of health that you're talking about, you know, mind, body, Mm -hmm. spirit, you need to be having something that you feel poured into about this Mm -hmm. and something that you can pour out to. So it's about Mm -hmm. that system because oftentimes we can say like, well, I'm I'm working out all the time, you know, I'm taking care of my body, Mm -hmm. but it just feels so exhausting for me. Mm -hmm. And that may be because you're not being poured into from that routine too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we talk about exercise and people doing like extreme cardio or weightlifting, but do you feel good doing that? Do you Mm -hmm. feel accomplished going for your run or doing yoga or any of that, that like mindful body movement stuff. So um, I think that that's really important to recognize is, you know, I I can promote, you know, eating healthy, getting enough sleep. That's all wonderful. Mm -hmm. Does it feel like it's recharging you? And does it feel like you're able to then take that and go and put in the physical effort of work, the mental effort of work, Um, you know, making sure that you have enough social time. I think Mm -hmm. one of the first things to go when we get busy or we get worried or, you know, um, during this time, it's harder to meet with people. So making sure you're still making time to be social. And that may look a little bit different in this time. You may have to meet with people through virtual contact. Um, You may have to meet with people in smaller settings than before, maybe one or two people at a time versus a full group of individuals. But still make sure that you're taking that time to feel poured into because then you'll be able to pour out into others to be Mm -hmm. able to give, you know, that that empathy and that care or that social connectedness to uh, other individuals. Um, And just keeping that a routine. So, you know, once a week, you need someone to be pouring into you, whether Mm -hmm. that be a spouse, whether Mm -hmm. that be um, friends, whether that be family. Right. Um, anything along those lines. And then for like emotional health, like making sure that you have an appropriate outlet for your emotions, giving yourself mm-hmm. time to, at the end of the day, sit down and go through, like replay in your head, what happened today? Mm-hmm. How did that make me feel? Right. You know, how am I still carrying this with me? Right. And allow yourself to release that at the end of the day and be able to, you know, if there's anything that's going to carry over to the next day, you can set that down and then pick it up the next day and keep going with that. Right, right. Those are Those are all good. Um, mind, body, spirit, we're, we're thinking about things like uh, moving your body. And when you say pouring into, not because it's an item on your checklist that you have to do, but because it's something that you know, is healthy for you, and you get gratification from that, right. And so it's, it's kind of taking these healthy routines and not making them legalistic, like a set of to do list, but things that you enjoy. So um, when we go through this list of Um, work-life balance and eating healthy and journaling is a good one, you know, to kind of process the day and properly hydrating and walking and exercise and these things that support your body and your mind. 
It's not because they're a checklist that you have to do. And if you don't do them, all of a sudden, that's more stress that's added. But creating some sort of a healthy routine is what's going to overall um, get you to optimum mental health. And that's what we're talking about today. So it's that balance and it's that taking care of your body and having those outlets that you enjoy. Um, That's important. Mm -hmm. Step five is that support connection. And you started to kind of go into this a little bit. Connection with others in new and creative ways. And this is really, um, Jared, you, you talked about this a little bit, but Um, who is it in your life that brings you life, that restores your soul, that um, gives you energy, that um, promotes creativity in your life, that cheers for you, um, and that is also there for you when you're struggling too. So one of the steps is to be in connection, Uh, be connected with people who you know care about you. Um, that's really important because God created us for connection. He heals us in the context of other people. And so connection is important uh, for mental health. So I'm glad that you brought that up. That was our fifth step. Our sixth step is to reach out for help uh, and to create a support system around you that encourages getting help as part of the norm. We know that mental health matters Um, We also know that there are times we need help. There's not a person on the planet that hasn't needed help at some point. Even as young babies, we had to depend on our our loved ones to support us. When we started to walk, we needed people to help us learn how to walk. Each step of life's way, there's a different challenge based on age and stage. And so um, all of us, will feel stress and all of us will need help at some point in our life. And so it's important to be able to give yourself permission to reach out for help and to create a support system that encourages getting help as a norm. Um, Being stressed doesn't make us weak. Um, Needing help doesn't make us weak. It makes us human, you know, and every person needs that at some point. So um, anything you want to add to reaching out for help? Um, I, I just w- really want to emphasize your point of, you know, oftentimes we can think of if someone that we trust a lot, that we go to for help, isn't able to help us, that somehow that's a way that they've let us down. Mm-hmm. But really what's important is to keep people around you that can recognize when they mm-hmm. can't be the help that you need and can get you connected with that. Yes. You know, I, I try and promote that a lot, especially since working with young men, like um, a lot of times they don't want to come in for professional help with whatever um, experiences they're having mental health or otherwise and it's really helpful to have like a family member or a significant Mm -hmm. other that says like you know I've been there for them I've been trying to help them I've been talking to them and it just felt like it wasn't enough for their needs at the moment so I came with them into therapy I I Mm -hmm. joined them in their first session and you know maybe they didn't want you know their family member girlfriend whatever in in the first session but um, you know they still walked with them through that process so Mm -hmm. making sure that you're keeping people in your life that not only feel like they're giving life to you, but that are able to connect you with those resources and get you the help that you need that Mm -hmm. you may not recognize on your own, Mm -hmm. um, I think is really critical and important. You know, and I want to say a word about reaching out for help, um, because uh, I know when I've spoken with people um, who are hesitant about reaching out, especially for counseling or therapy, 
Um, you know, some of the things I hear, you know, I've tried it in the past. It didn't, it didn't help me in the past, et cetera, et cetera. Um, not every therapist is for every person. So it's important to find the therapist that works for you. Um, each therapist has their own style and way of connecting with the people that they serve. And so if you decide to see someone and when you do, and when you go to your first appointment, if you're like, I'm not sure if this is a match or not, that's okay. You reach out to someone else. Um, it doesn't matter whether it's at Care to Change or somewhere else. You know, I know it at Care to Change, we a lot of times, if someone says, oh, I need additional services, we will refer them to another therapist at Care to Change so that they are getting the kind of help that they need. So reaching out for help and knowing who it is that can help you is important. Reaching out is as important as getting the right person to help you. Um, both are equally important. Step seven um, is really those of you that have a, a value system, a strong value system, or might have faith is to remember where you find true peace. Peace and sound uh, mental health is found in the context of faith. Um, here, we believe that it is um, through our relationship with God and uh, the scriptures are just replete um, with promises and encouragement and comfort, um, reminding us that God is our rock and our ever-present help in times of trouble and that we can find rest in him and our hope comes from him. And I, I don't want to sound trite in saying, read the Bible and pray and journal and go to church. And I don't want to sound trite like that in and of itself is enough. Uh, prayer is powerful and faith is definitely the pathway um, to hope and healing and freedom. Um, but, you know, it's okay to have uh, Jesus and a therapist too, I guess I want to mm-hmm. say um, with that. But I want to go through these seven steps one more time just so that you have them. Recognize your emotions and watch for signs of distress. That's number one. Number two is to focus on what you can control. Number three is to eliminate toxic influences. Number four, to create healthy routines, uh, promote healthy routines for those around you. Um, Number five, support connection with others in new and creative ways. Number six, reach out for help and create a support system that encourages you to get help as part of the norm. Uh, And then number seven, to lean into and depend on your faith uh, in Jesus. That's really Those are the steps to optimal mental health. Um, If you have questions, I want to encourage you to send those to us by text to our Caroline, 317-979-7133. I want to give you three resources that can be helpful as well. One of them is a sermon uh, by a local pastor here um, in the Indianapolis area, Uh, Aaron Brockett, and he has a sermon that was called Killing What's Killing You. Uh, And he released that in January of 2019. I think that's still out, though. You can look that up. Um, I'm Not Okay uh, is a YouTube video by Louis Giglio, a pastor and speaker, um, that he also talks about how it's okay to not be okay. And then if you're someone that prefers reading instead of listening and watching, Um, Max Lucado has a book called 
be anxious for nothing. And it's actually a study. And he lists some practical tips using scripture as well in how to um, not be worried. He, he focuses more on anxiety, but that is helpful. So really, these are some practical tips we want to offer you so that you can have some solutions for achieving optimal mental health. If you like what we've said today, definitely like and subscribe. Um, put some comments in the comment section. We'll have some notes in the notes section. Join us next week as we continue this topic of May uh, as Mental Health Awareness Month. Jared, always a pleasure having you um, with us and we will see you all soon. Thank you for listening to the Care to Change podcast. Check out the show notes to see resources mentioned in this episode. If you have any questions from this episode or would like to hear more, please reach out to us on our care line at 317-979-7133 or email us at help at care2change.org. Be sure to like and subscribe so that you're updated as we add more episodes. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and YouTube as well to hear more of our conversation topics. We are glad you have joined us and hope our podcasts have offered you practical solutions for positive change.